Coming up next on 2NURFM, we'll be talking travel with Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein, and we're going off to Vietnam. We're also going to go to the east coast of Canada and take a look at what we can find there. Sally Lucas. Now, travel is always nice to head out um, and about. It certainly is, Jane, isn't it? I think it um, opens the mind. And this is where I'm starting today with an article that I read some months ago now. And I, I just found it again the other day. And I thought, wow, yeah, this is this is quite pertinent. Um, and to quote Mark Twain, which is how this article started, is travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry and narrow-mindedness and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. So this is what he said, having at this time visited uh, the Mediterranean and the Middle East. But his eyes had been opened by the travels and his thoughts and his ideas changed. So this is really interesting. And when you travel, you do have to have an open mind. And according to Mark Twain, it makes you a more tolerant, open-minded person. It removes your prejudices, makes you appreciate the essential similarities that everyone in the world shares. And that's a very important thing as well. Um, So, you know, this is a point of view that some people may agree or disagree with, but I think it's a good point of view. And you should not keep a closed mind when you travel. You should definitely travel with an open mind. Um, Because so much of things like bigotry and xenophobia, it's all a product of ignorance or fear of people or fear of the unknown or just, you know, you're not sure. So obviously to read up about the countries you're going to before you go as far as their beliefs, their cultures, whether it be food, religion, history, things that are acceptable, not acceptable, dress so code. You, so you don't step on any toes. Toes. And you don't want to do that when you travel. You mm. want you want to be polite and respectful um, of whatever their culture is. You know, ours is different, sure. But, you know, you've got to respect everyone's culture. So I just thought it's an interesting thing to start with today, just to say, look, please travel with an open mind. And as I've said before, travel with a smile on your face as well. I think that's the best thing you can pack is a sense of humour, a smile, and, you know, just be very, very tolerant and realise you're a guest in their country and think of yourself as that you're a guest you know so there you go if we get to travel as much as Mark Twain did well we'll be doing well we will be doing well though he didn't like Newcastle did he (laughs) (laughs) well he did have a tooth repaired (laughs) he did he did have a tooth repaired so I suppose he can't be completely you know at, at ill without Newcastle, but I guess back in those days it was probably a fairly fairly dull place, not like the uh, vibrant city we have with us today. Um, Gustav Eiffel. Now, that's something else I found out recently, Jane. Not only did he obviously design the Eiffel Tower, as we call oh, it. yes, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower, or Gustav Eiffel. But he designed this beautiful French, it's a very French Baroque-looking post office, which is in Ho Chi Minh City. And I always knew it was a a piece of French architecture because of the French influence and a lot of the buildings there are French, including a small replica of the Notre Dame Cathedral. But yeah, this, this, I had not realised this, but it was completed in 1891. And of course, it was at a time when architecture was really, you know, beautiful and ornate. And it was also a time when the telegraph was expanding and rail travel. So post offices were a very important part of culture and of transmitting messages, etc. at that time. Step inside there, which I have done when I first went to Vietnam, because back then, I think it was prior mobiles or certainly, you know, if you had to make a phone call, you had to go to the post office to make it and wait for your name to be called and go to a phone booth. And But even if you're not doing that anymore... Just step inside. It is quite an amazing place. And you have all these people just go in there to sit 
and write. And it's this beautiful vaulted ceiling once you go inside. It's, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so include it if you're going there. And the one thing I would say, and I might have mentioned this before, Janie, if you have been to Vietnam and haven't seen the movie or if you are going and haven't seen the movie, get out The Quiet American, um, probably somewhere where they've still got the older DVDs with Michael Caine in it. And it was a remarkable movie. And it was filmed genuinely in Vietnam and you'll know when you see it if you've been or once you come back you'll say wow that is what was in the movie you know the, the, the Rex Hotel it'll have the post office it'll have all these sites the Hoi An the covered bridge that goes across the river in, in Hoi An the Japanese covered bridge so and it, it's a real insight into what was happening in Vietnam prior to the start of the infamous I guess, Vietnam War that we know of, but we were involved in anyhow when it was at this time when the French were about to depart and the US were coming in. So fascinating movie and it's well worth a read. I mean, a read. the book is well worth a read. I should say that I have read the book, but the movie also is well worth seeing if you are thinking of travelling to Vietnam. Yeah, you get the sights as well. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's a great movie. And the other thing I like was when um, Jeremy Clarkson and all his crew did the motorbike tour through Vietnam. That is a fascinating one because it really shows you all the sightseeing. They went all through the hillside country everywhere. So it's a fabulous travelogue, even if you're not interested in what they do on the road, you're still seeing Vietnam. And that's another good one to get out if you're thinking of travelling there. To NURFM, we're talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King, Sally Lucas. Now we're, we're heading away from Vietnam and those delights there to uh, somewhere a little bit cooler, probably. It certainly is. And if I knock, can I come in and tell you about it? Yeah, please do. <laughs> so I'm talking about the Eastern Seaboard of Canada, which we don't talk about as much because I guess the emphasis is always on cruising from Vancouver or Seattle or that side, the western side, going up the Alaskan Passage or doing the Rockies, you know. And I think we forget about this other side of Canada, which has got a lot to offer in, in its own right. So this is sort of, again, more expedition-style cruising, so it's not your large uh, cruise ships that are doing this. And there's a whole range of itineraries, Jane, that are really quite fabulous. Um, some of them, for example, start in Quebec City, where you go through the lower St. Lawrence River area, the Saguenay Ford um, and then you go onto some islands, which is round Prince Edward Island. And there's a lot of them, of course, are called new in the New France area. And you've got uh, Ile de la Madeleine and Saint-Pierre. And Saint-Pierre is actually an island off the bottom of Newfoundland, which was originally called New France, this area. Of course, you've got that French influence there. But the other thing you have, of course, which is a lot of marine mammals in this area also. So, if you Does want, that mean whales? It means whales as well. They say some of the best whale watching in Canada can be seen here uh, between the high cliffs of the Saguenay Ford in this uh, Fourillon National Park and the Ile Bonaventure Provincial Park. So, And a lot of um, sea life as far as birds are concerned as well, and of course other and you know um, mammals of the sea, as seals, etc., dolphins, of course, all of those things as well. So that is quite interesting. Now that, that's a ten-day itinerary that you can do from Quebec. Um, there's other shorter ones. Now this one does Sable Island. Now I'd never heard of this island myself, to be quite honest. And um, it again is down off the bottom of further than Saint-Pierre, down further off Newfoundland, if you like, opposite Prince Edward Island, sort of in between the two. And it's apparently horse 
horses, its wild horses, are world famous. And they're quite hairy-looking horses. You know, I suppose Brumbies are a bit like that, aren't they? So yes, ma- I suppose they are. Yeah, maybe they're related to the Brumby. But um, it says there's a lot to um, offer on this remote sand island, which is off the coast of Nova Scotia. The world's largest colony of grey seals breed there. So that is an amazing thing as well. And also rare rosate tern and endemic Ipswich sparrows, which I hadn't heard of, among birds of note. So the island has 42 kilometres of beaches, dunes, etc. And apparently there's a plethora of plants there from irises to wild berries, etc. Whales and sharks and all sorts of things abundant. And also there's a lot of shipwrecks, apparently a lot of ships came to grief in this area as well. So that's another interesting one. Is, Is that a fairly remote place? Yes, well it is. If you look at it on the map, it's sort of like it's you know, it's nothing else really around it. But when you look at the the pictures of it, if you Google Sable Island, very sandy, like looks like it's got lots of sand dunes and etc. there. But yeah, these rare horses, it's the only place where they are. And they look quite remarkable when you look at the photos of them. I think it looks fantastic and the seal life. There's another one that does a uh, circumnavigation of Newfoundland as well, which you're going all the way around the whole island, which is, again, you will even see icebergs, etc., you know, this time of the year, apparently, when you go around there. Um, And also, again, it's quite rugged, so you're getting to see some rugged coastline scenery as well, again, as all the wonderful, of course, mammals. They also go up to, there are other itineraries that do wild Labrador and up into Greenland as well. So that's quite an interesting itinerary. There's quite a range, Jane, without going through them all. Heart of the Arctic, there's an Arctic explorer as well. It goes way up into Greenland and Nunavut, up right to the north of of Canada. So these are wonderful things. It's on a vessel called the Ocean Endeavour. Um, You have educational rather presentations on board, interactive workshops. Everything's included, of course, as usual. Uh, 24-hour coffee, tea, snacks and all meals, including on-deck barbecues, afternoon teas. a fully stocked library, etc., etc. So, and they do all these wonderful excursions ashore at these very different places. For someone who's maybe done a lot of cruising or a lot of travelling and looking for something different, this could be just the piece of cake that they might be looking for. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we will be talking travel again for our sponsor, Travel on King, next Friday after the one o'clock news.